Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. How's everybody doing? I like the Saturday night. I like the Sunday crowd, but you guys are—you're the wilder crowd, you know. <laughs> like you don't behave, which we like, right? So anyway, no, I love—I love all our expressions. I love all our services here. I love what's happening in worship. Amen. You know, there's a spirit of worship that's sweeping the earth right now, and it's really powerful. You probably felt it when Ben uh, Ben tapped into that just a little bit at the end there. And, um, you know, I've been soaking all day. Anybody know Hezekiah Walker? Some of those guys? Yeah, I've just been soaking in worship all day with some powerful songs, probably some you've never heard, but so, so powerful what God is doing. And I'm going to talk tonight about partnering with God in worship and intercession. And we wanted to leave some room at the end because we're going to go back into worship. I felt like what I had to share really uh, demands a response into worship. And I also believe that God wants to release a spirit of intercession on his people. I am so appreciative of our intercessors team who give their time. You guys may not know it, but they're stationed in here. They're praying. They station one over the speaker. They're praying. And these guys are, are praying for our service. And I can tell you there's so many times you can just feel those prayers and the release that comes. And so I'm so thankful. Whenever you preach here, they, you get a text like, hey, what can we partner with you on? So they're incredible. I love that that's, that's their primary ministry. But I do believe, just like all can prophesy, all can intercede. And so it's not just for those who are, who are specifically called into that place. It's really for all of us. And so I want to encourage you that God wants prayer and he wants worship. Those things go together and they mix together. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But there's a song you've probably never heard, and it's called uh, Let the Sweet Aroma. And the words are this, let the sweet aroma of worship fill this room. Let it rise before the Father like a fragrant, sweet perfume. Let our song of praise be pleasing and our sacrifice consumed as the sweet aroma of worship fills this room. Could you stand with me for a moment? And I'm going to sing this. And I'm there. the words are up here. It's simple. I'm going to ask you to sing it with me, even if you've never heard it. And just let your heart continue to connect with what God is doing in the earth in worship. It's so easy to just connect in with him. And it goes like this. Let the sweet aroma of worship fill this room. Let it rise before the Father like a fragrant sweet perfume. Let our song of praise be pleasing and our sacrifice consumed as the sweet aroma of worship fills this room. Isn't that beautiful? You don't want to do it again now that you know it? Let the sweet aroma of worship fill this room. Let it rise before the Father like a fragrant sweet perfume. Let our song of praise be pleasing and our sacrifice consumed as the sweet aroma of worship fill 
to this room. We're going to sing it again, and we're going to say it like this. Let the sweet aroma of Jesus fill this room. Let him rise before the Father like a fragrant sweet perfume. Let our song of praise be pleasing and our sacrifice consumed as the sweet aroma of Jesus fills this room as the sweet aroma of Jesus fills this room yeah. as the sweet aroma of Jesus fills this room. <laughs> so lovely to worship together. Amen. I love hearing your voices. Your voices are powerful when they come together in worship. Thank you, Jesus. You can sit down. I'm I asked Dave to stay up here because we might break, I don't know, we might break into song, break back into the message, break into song, break being back into the message. You know, that's the way I used to preach. I actually used to preach the entire time with worship going a lot because I like the flow of worship. Amen. All right. So, Charles Finney, anybody know who he is? Revivalist. One of my, one of he's my favorite revivalist of all time, one of the most powerful men of God. The the bulk of his ministry was over ten years, and um, it's said that up in the north part of the United States there were three thousand separate revivals burning all at once, and Finney was uh, a large, a very large, probably the most notable revivalist of his time that was literally setting fires into cities. To the point there was one area of New York State that was known as the burned over area because so much revival had burned over. They thought no one, there's no one else to get saved. There's, it's, it's literally burned over. And so there was just so much fire burning through his, his ministry. And so one of the things that he said, he was a, he was a, a, a powerful uh, man who wrote many books and many papers and uh, wrote a lot about revival. And so I'd recommend, you can find a lot of resources online, not just about the revivals, but he wrote, not just the testimonies, you, you hear about those, but he wrote just a lot of, of things, uh, principles of different things about revival. And he has, I think it was a paper, it's in a, it's in a book now, but I think it might have been a paper, and it was called Hindrances to Revival. And he said that one of the, hindrances to revival, and there's maybe like 10 or 15 of these things, and uh, one of them is failure to understand our partnership with God. That's a powerful one. And uh, when I read that, I was like, oh man, it's important to understand our partnership with God. It's important to understand that we actually have a role in revival. It comes from God, but we have a role to respond to it. And so, I want to focus in, in particular, a part of this role. Role's maybe not the right word. Maybe response is a better word. Part of our response is worship and intercession. And when I say that, I'm talking Holy Spirit-fueled worship and intercession. And, um, you know, revival really, when we, it's, a, it's an interesting word, right? It's actually not in the Bible. And it's used a lot of different ways. Historically, we know it's meant these, these larger moves of God that have swept countries or nations. That's typically how his, revival historians would describe it. But it's also used, here at Bethel Austin, we're building a culture of, of revival. And some people would say, well, no, if, if you can't do that. You just have to have the big thing. I don't, you know, I believe that it comes all kinds of ways. Um, I believe you could have personal revival. 
And really, I think a good way to think of revival, it's a recentering of Jesus in our hearts. It's, it's, uh, it's, putting, it's bringing him back to the center of it all, to the, to the center of every part of our lives. So when I encounter Jesus and when, when I encounter what we would call revival, and it's just, again, it's just a term that describes a lot of different things. When I encounter him, something begins to happen inside of me that brings him back into the center part of my vision. Because sometimes what happens with us as believers and in the church is Jesus, he's there, but he's, kind, he's not quite centered like, we need, like he needs to be. And we shouldn't think that just because we're a church that Jesus couldn't, he could, not, he could be not centered like he needs to be. And so revival brings, it's constantly bringing us into that place. And so I want Jesus, I want to be able to say, Jesus, you are the center of it all. Now, the reality is there's probably some things in my life that he's still working on, he's still in process, and he's moving towards the center, and I'm responding to him, and I'm releasing things, but all of us probably have areas that we need Jesus to come more into the center. Amen? And so, really, when we say Jesus is the center of all, for me, that's really a confession, that is a prayer, that is a cry, that he would be the center of my entire life. Every minute of every day of every second. Because the reality is we don't, we're, we're only given a short time on this earth, and I don't want to just live it going to church. I want to live it in, in the midst of Jesus and all that he is. Amen? And so... A couple of, I mean, about a month ago, I preached a message. I'm going to, I want to go down because I want to show you something in particular about prayer. And this will be jumbled up a little bit. Um, I like where things really tight, but we're, we're going to be jumping from probably worship to prayer. And so this is something I want you to catch more than learn. Amen. And so um, I preached a message on the effects of the Holy Spirit. And so 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says this, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are a variety of ministries in the same Lord, and there are a variety of, of effects. And I got really fascinated with the word effects a, a couple of months ago because I've actually never heard anybody preach on it. We talk about the gifts a lot. We talk about ministries a lot, uh, but the effects. And so I, I started really looking at that, meditating on it, praying on it, doing some word study on it. And... Um, and so we see here a variety of effects. And then we also see in 1 Corinthians 12, 10, it talks about, and to another was given the effecting of miracles. And this word, I spoke about it um, a, couple, a couple months ago. I don't think that message is online yet. It will be at some point, and you can go pick that up if you didn't hear it. But um, this word is, is uh, in ergama in Greek. And energama, what that means is it means operation or it means um, the results of God's energy. And so um, it, it's what God energizes. God, when he touches us, when he touches someone or he moves in a situation in a miraculous way, and that could be all kinds of miracles, what happens is um, he energizes an effect. So um, it's the operation of God's energy to produce an effect in someone. And so we know in the Bible that it, sa it says in that verse that there are a variety of effects. And when you think about a testimony, a testimony is just a record of where God's energy focused. So you could say that Bob is our energama uh, scribe. He writes down the testimonies. Look, that's powerful, right? So, so uh, testimonies, what God has done, his works, it's, it's still being written. And it's so powerful when we write down these testimonies. How many love to hear testimonies? These things, these things carry like, 100 years from now. Something that happens in this room, somebody could read about it, and it could touch their life and create an effect in their life. Amen? And so um, one of the ways I believe that we can make ourselves a target for an effect is through praise and thanksgiving. 
right? So you may have something in your life where you're praying that God would touch that part of your life. Maybe it's in healing. Well, I want to encourage you in something. Continue to praise and give him thanks. If it's not happening immediately for you, don't be in despair. Continue to pray and give thanks. Make yourself a target for the effect to come. And I don't understand why some things happen quicker than others. I really don't. But that sometimes they don't. But what do we do? We keep praising. We keep worshiping. We keep giving thanksgiving. We just keep making ourselves a big target for it to happen. I had a lower back issue that got healed in a worship service. And I was on the top in a stadium. I was at the very top of the stadium. And the Holy Spirit started moving so strong. It was like he was moving like in a circle around the stadium. And the, the guy that was leading, uh, Benny Hinn, said, put your hand on where you're sick right now. And so I put my hand right here. And when I did, the Holy Spirit said, do what he said. Put your hand where he said. And so I slipped it to my back. And I had a few, my bottom two vertebrae were fused together from birth. And my back cracked in that moment. And I was completely healed. Amen. Right? So I know what it's like. And I've got some other healing I need up here in my back, but I'm waiting for the crack. Amen. That's, that's going to happen. So I just keep praising. I keep giving him thanks. I keep giving him honor. And I believe that my miracle is going to come, and I believe yours is as well. Amen. So when we think of the gifts of the Spirit, that's really a supernatural capacity or grace that God gives to us that he flows through us to focus his divine energy, which creates an effect in someone's life. And um, so that's kind of a review of where I was. But I want you to look at this scripture, James five sixteen. I think they're going to put it on the screen. We see this word again, and this gets good, really good. So James 5.16 says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I use the King James Version there because I just like it. (laughs) I like availeth. There's there's some drama there that I like. Amen. And so what is this saying here? And you're you're actually going to look at this scripture different when I finish saying what I'm going to say. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The God-energized fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The God-energized fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so the effectual prayer is actually a prayer that has been energized by God. So... The, the effect, this is what's powerful to me. The effect comes, the effect, I love how this sentence is actually structured. It comes first here. So before the prayer is ever, ever answered, God energizes something that creates an, an effect. Amen. And so the God, energi- the God energize, and, and there's another word here, the fervent prayer. So I think that's sincere, fervent, passionate however you want to kind of define that, but the God-energized, fervent, fervent prayer, passionate prayer uh, availeth much. And so God wants to energize our prayer. So when we talk about prayer, I'm talking about supernatural, Holy Spirit, God-energized prayer. I'm not talking about prayers that are just coming from our minds, but prayers that the Holy Spirit is pouring out from heaven through us back to the Father. These are powerful prayers, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. And it, it keeps on going here, though. You've got you to catch the whole thing. You can't just say, well, the effectual f- prayer is the effectual fervent prayer. Amen? So when you begin to get God energized, don't hold it back. Let it out. I don't know what it is. There is something about just releasing when it's there. Amen. And sometimes we hold back. Sometimes we're, you know, it's like, I, you know, I'm feeling like I'm about to burst here, but I'm a little concerned what people are going to think about me. 
Well, can I just say something here? You're in a church that you can burst all over the place. In fact, if you start bursting, we're probably going to get up beside you and burst with you. There's a section of guys over here, these rowdy guys. Sometimes I just go over and get in the middle of them because they're bursting. Yeah, I'd encourage you if you need like, to, if, you, if you're like, hey, I want to get a little more, just go over there. Those guys will, they'll take care of you, right? Yeah, I, lo I love them. They're powerful men going after God. But so the effectual fervent prayer, so we got to let it out. We got to just let it go. Stop thinking about it. Don't think about it. Just let it out of your heart. So the, the, the effectual fervent prayer of a what? And then a righteous man. Speaking into God's righteousness, his purity, all the different things. And so I don't, that's not just moral purity. That's a heart, a, a pure heart that's turned towards God. And so it encompasses all things pure motives, all those things. And we realize that we are a work in process in all of this, but our prayers can availeth much. We can have powerful, powerful God-energized prayers. And so God's releasing something in the earth right now. And, and I said it earlier, but it's so easy to get in on it. I love, Ben was just tapping it. I was tapping it in that song. He was just tapping it in worship. We tapped at the whole service, but, but it's prayer in the spirit. And when I say in the spirit, that could be with tongues, but it could also be a God energized prayer. That's not just something in your head, but there's something that God is releasing in you to release in prayer. And it's also worship in spirit and in truth. So God wants us to learn how to worship Jesus more in spirit and in truth. And I believe that word truth that's in that, that passage, everyone equates it, well, that's the, that's the word of God. Now, the word of God is truth, and I think it is, I think it is that, but I think it's coming to God in truth. I think it's coming to God with an open heart and saying, God, clean my heart. God, I'm going to be honest with you right now. There's things in my life that need to go, and I'm releasing those things. I think that's worshiping in spirit and in truth. When we worship, there's always things that God is taking out of us as we release things to him. Amen. And so worship in spirit and in truth. And um, it's an intimate partnership that God's offering us. It's really interesting to me. The week before Asbury happened, right here in this room, there was a moment in the service where God, I, if you were here, I, I think most a lot of people experienced it. He came so close. It was like he was just, and it was, I can't, it was so intimate. You could just feel, and it wasn't anything we were trying to do. We were just worshiping, and you could feel this intimate moment with God. And I turned to Stacy, and I said, oh, something, something is happening. Something is shifting, and it, and it, it felt larger than this room. And Asbury, Asbury is just a swell on the on a, it's a smaller wave of the bigger wave, I believe, that's coming. And they responded to it, and I love what happened there, and I love it wasn't just the charismatics that this was happening with. This is happening with, like, Lutherans and all kinds of people who that's not necessarily their experience, and they couldn't leave the room because Jesus was there so strong, and I love that. And I love, actually, how they were like, hey, this needs to go out. Because that was something God was saying there. And we started hearing the next week. We had a breakout in that Saturday service. And then, but that week, we started hearing about things happening all over the place. And guys, this is a, I believe that there is something that is shifting that is available to us. And I believe that it's something that could happen and go for a long time. You know, the, the great awakenings that happened in the United States, those things went for 30 or 40 years. They weren't one-year revivals. And there's been some powerful one-year revivals. The Welsh revival is an example of that. But, but there have been revivals where literally for 30 to 40 years that it was burning. And so if you go back and, and you look at the time, you're like, wow, that was long. And a lot of people God used in those, in those things. And so intimate partnership. God wants to share in prayer and worship his heart and his dream and his purpose in the earth. And one of the things that has been happening 
to me, and I know to a lot of other people, are the fragrances. So I started noticing about a month ago in the service, and it, it was, this is fascinating to me, it would go by me like a wind. And I was like, whoa, I, where, fragrance. And, you know, I have a good nose. I'll start sniffing around. So was that somebody's perfume? Well, I, I check it out. Like, I, I look for evidence. Is that perfume? What was that? And so, but it wasn't. It'd go by. And this started happening to me. I started noticing it. And then, um, then it started happening in my truck when I turned worship on. Different fragrances would on my way to the office. And it, it always seemed to be when I would turn worship on that a fragrance would fill the room. And we've seen this many different ways here over the years. This is not something new. But I don't know, for me, it's, it's been more frequent. And um, I, I was in the prayer room that we got going that first week. And it was during the day, so we had, you know, it was great all day long. There was a constant flow. It would be four or five people in there. But it was different people all day long. I don't know how many by the end of the day were in there, but it was, it was cool. And so, but in that room, you could just walk in. And we, we've still got that going, by the way, guys. Um, Tuesday through Friday, like 9 to 6, I think, or some, or 5, we've got that going. You can just get, take your lunch break. Just go in there and, and pray. And if you go in there, you'll feel the presence of God. There might be one person. You might be the only person in there. You might be 10 people. But just go in there. You'll, you'll feel the presence of God. And so anyway, I'm in, we're in there, and um, that, this fragrance, like this sweet fragrance began to come in the room. It was really getting stronger, and um, I, I thought, man, this is, this is powerful. So I walked to each corner of the room, and I was looking for the anointing oil, like somebody leave, you know. And I, but then I walked to each corner, and you could smell it really strong. As soon as you stepped out of the room, it wasn't there. I mean, literally, you could cross the threshold. You could put your nose right up to the threshold, and you wouldn't smell anything. And I was like, oh, man, something's happening. And um, one night, we were in there. And there, there, was, there was like 40 people, and then, you know, by 9, you know, everybody's starting to go home. And, but it's, we're going to 10, and uh, about 9.50 or so, I thought, well, I'm going to start kind of closing and went and pulled the signs in. And when I walked in the room, it was so strong, the fragrance of the Lord. And I thought, this is amazing. There's like four of us left, and you show up now. I was like, why, God, I just, it was kind of a wonder to me. I was like, God, why didn't you, there were like 40 of us. Couldn't you have done that then? But it was an invitation into more worship. It was an invitation. And... I've been asking, I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, what, I know this is part of heaven, but what is this? And he said, the fragrance is your worship and your prayer. It's your worship and your prayer. The fragrance is actually coming from my people. And uh, I shared this last Saturday. I was at camp meeting with Jeff Collins in Palestine, and I was sharing some similar things. And I shared this, and uh, Zach Paris, who's led worship a couple times with us here, he came up to me. He said, I was at a worship lab one time, and the guy started talking about this experience he had with the Lord. And the Lord showed him that he actually, that the worship, our worship actually goes up, and he actually keeps it with him like a perfume. And so when the Lord comes by, he's got worship surrounding him. He's got our, the smell of our worship on him. And, and it's really powerful because that means that worship from all over the world, that there's believers in Pakistan that are adding to that fragrance. There's believers in China that are adding to that fragrance. And the God, God is constantly surrounded by the incense of worship of his people. Now let that blow your mind. So worship is so powerful. 
And in the Bible, there are, you read aromas and you read about fragrances and you can, and I'm not going to go to all the scriptures, but aromas uh, described as sacrificial worship. Aromas in, and I want to talk about that in, in Revelation, they're actually bowls of prayers that are like incense. Revelation 5.8 says, each was holding a harp and there were golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So your prayers, there's these golden bowls of, pray, of, of prayers that are incense. Amen? And so I want you to think about something. Some prayers we pray and they're answered immediately. Some prayers go into that bowl. And become incense for God. No prayer is wasted. There's not one time you prayed that it's wasted. Whether you saw an answer or whether you saw an immediate answer, it went into the bowl. And it, it becomes incense. And God will pour that out at some point. Um, Revelation 8.3 says this. It, it, well, it talks about an angel who stood at the altar. And he had a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with, with the prayers of the saints. On the golden altar. I want you to think about this for a second. Before the throne. And it says in verse 4 of that chapter that the smoke of incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Powerful. So there's an angel that's mixing incense with the prayers of the saints. Your prayers are being mixed with incense and the smoke of that incense and those prayers is swirling and rising up before God. This will change your worship. Not one word that you utter in worship is wasted. And we know it's not just through singing. There's lots of ways. You know, our giving is actually worship. Sacrificial giving is actually worship. And it's, oh, I just, the fragrance just went by. I just got it right there. It just, I think God likes what I just said. <laughs> it is, guys. So giving, whatever you're giving, your time, it could be your, it could, it could be your money, whatever it is. And it's not the amount. It's all of us have different situations. And we know with the woman who gave one penny, basically, that Jesus said she gave more than all because it, it actually was everything she had to live on. It was sacrificial giving. And so... There's this picture that we get in Revelation, and I love it. God's giving us just a glimpse of something that's happening on the other side. And I want you, when you worship or pray, to catch the glimpse of what happens in heaven when you do that. Um, when we had that breakout a month ago, I was right somewhere over here laying on my back on the stage. Um, <laughs> If you weren't here, I began to see this massive cloud, and it was the only way I know to describe it is it was a thousand different shades of gold. Amen. And out of the cloud, I could see the cloud was so big, it, if you could imagine just this massive scene, there were little, they looked little because of the distance, golden angels going in and out of the cloud super fast. Like, and. I was like, Lord, what? After that, I didn't know in the moment. I said, I was like, Lord, what? What is that? And He told me, Those are my angels releasing prayer and worship in the earth. I believe that God is releasing His angels are coming in any place that will open their heart. Angels are releasing prayer and worship in the earth, and that they're they're mixing with that incense those prayers and that worship, and it's going up 
before the throne of God. Isn't that powerful? I'm not done, but could you stand for just a minute? I feel like we need a, a, a worship break. Stay with me. I've got more to share here. But I want to sing. This is an old song. It is interesting, too. A lot of the old songs are, I don't know why, but there's like this super anointing on some of this stuff. Um, it's just, I think God's doing, there's an old well and a new well that he's doing at the same time. All right? So, so I, and I think it's really important. It says something about the body of Christ. Like, Many in here, you experience way back in your life moves of God or things of God, and God's opening that well back up, but he's also doing something new, and he's bringing the young and the old, and, you know, maybe I could be classified as old. I'm not sure yet. The line keeps moving. You know, 40 thinks old, and I'm like 50. What else? Yeah, I'm going to be a grandpa. I'm like, wow, now, now, yeah, yeah, it's grandma. I guess that's really old, you know, but... I'm so excited because God's bringing the old with the new, right? And so I want to sing this song. I just want to praise you. And Dave, you, you can go with me on this one. But Lord, we just want to praise you right now. We just want to worship you. We just want to exalt your name. And I want to encourage you as we do this. And we're going to go back to the message and we're going to go back into some more worship. But let your worship and let your heart begin to release that fragrant aroma to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think they've got the words they can put up on the screen back there. I just want to praise you. I think it'll work. I don't know what key it is, but I, I sing. No, that's the wrong song. What is that? Another song, guys, if you're back there. I just want to praise you. Just want to praise you. Lift my hands and say, I love you. You are everything to me, and I exalt your holy name. I exalt your holy name. Exalt your holy name on high. Can you lower it? <laughs> no, go lower. Go low. Can you go lower? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I told Dave, you know, listen, worship can be messy, right? Look, I'm a worshiper. I'm not making any, you know, CDs anytime soon. I mean, I can... I can sing pretty, I think I can sing pretty good. My wife thinks I can. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like, well, no, I actually don't. But sometimes the anointing comes on me to worship. And people are like, whoa, that sounded amazing. And I'm like, no, you were just, you were just in the moment with the Lord. <laughs> right? <clears throat> but yeah. And you know, God's just looking for our hearts. He's not looking for perfection. He just, wants, he just wants us to worship, amen? You can worship in your living room. You can, you can worship in your car. And you may not sound that great to your neighbor, but you sound great to the Lord, amen, when your heart opens up. And so let's just sing this, amen? amen. I exalt your holy name on high. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to praise you. Lift my hands and say, I love you. You are everything to me. And I exalt your holy name. Exalt your holy name high. Exalt your holy name on high. Thank you, Jesus. And I.
just want to praise you. Lift my hands and say, I love you. You are everything to me. And I exalt your holy name. I exalt your holy name. I exalt your holy name on high. And I exalt your holy name. I exalt your holy name. feel that anointing? You feel that in, do you, do that incense? God filling the room with his presence and the worship that he dwells, that he is enthroned, that he is exalted in the praises of his people. He's surrounded by praise, that he's surrounded by worship. Thank you, Jesus, and that he's being exalted in this place right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we worship you. We worship you. We worship you, mighty God. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, mighty God. We worship you. Just sing your own song, yeah, like we were doing earlier. Worship you, Jesus. It's like incense. Yeah, we worship you. We worship you. Almighty God, we worship you. Yeah, just keep going. You can sing with understanding or you can sing in the spirit. But just let that incense go. Some of you just need to let it out. Let it out of you. Don't worry about your neighbor. It's pleasing to him. It's an aroma. We worship you. We worship you. Almighty God. Worship you. Oh. Magnify, magnify his holy name, for his name is above every name, his name is above all names. So magnify his name, join with the angels and magnify, magnify his holy name, because he alone is worthy, he alone is worthy. There is no one else in heaven and earth that is worthy. He's the only one in his name, his name is the name above every name. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name that's ringing. 
is ringing through heaven. It's ringing, it's being shouted, it's being sung, it's being wept, it's being laughed in heaven, the name above every name. The name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, it's beautiful. So beautiful. Those golden angels. <laughs> Look, guys. If you'll take those moments of your day, those moments in your car, just take moments where you can even give sacrificial, sacrificial moments. If you'll take them and just begin to worship, something will begin to happen in your life that is so powerful you will begin to carry the spirit of worship wherever you go. And when you carry the spirit of worship, it's the only thing that matters is Jesus. And whatever trials you're facing, they don't matter. They, they, begin, they begin to grow dim in the light of Jesus as you worship. And there's some of you in here that there is, there's a sacrifice. Maybe you're, I, I see this, your situation, there's a, you're in a difficult situation. But I want to tell you something. You're, you're, if you will begin to worship, it is a sacrifice that is coming out of you. And it releases power in your life. And so I want to encourage you to release that sacrifice to the Lord. Don't hold it back. When you come to church, don't hold it back. When you wake up, don't hold it back. I want to encourage you in something. Put your phone down. Put some worship music on before you go to bed. And just lay in bed. And just let the presence of God come over you and go to sleep. I've been doing this some and I go to sleep. I go to sleep with worship, with the spirit of worship on me. And there's been several times that I actually woke myself up worshiping. I was like, whoa, my spirit was worshiping and it began to come out of my mouth and it woke me up. I worship you. I worship you, I worship you, almighty God, I worship you. Whoa, we're going to, we're going to, we're not, we're not going to lose this, but I want to just go ahead and sit down for a second. The word with worship so powerful. I love it. You know the spirit of worship is on you when you when it's hard to it's hard to stop, right? So it's like, man, it's just hard. I I don't want to move out of this, and I encourage you. I'm gonna share some more, but just stay there. It doesn't. The Holy Spirit doesn't go anywhere when we're doing something else if we just keep our hearts connected. But I want to talk to you for a minute about intercession. This is really important and powerful, and I believe it's a it's something that's going to fuel the re revival that is coming to the earth. And I believe that it is a revival of prayer and worship. You know, the Welsh revival was worship. You know, it's said about the Welsh revival, there were newspaper reports where everyone would break out in a song that no one knew or had ever heard before, simultaneously, all together, singing the same thing. That little thing I was singing, it would just happen all at once. And they were singing, and it... And people were amazed, and they would just sing, and they'd sing. The, the Welsh people were singing people, and it was really uh, uh, worship that was happening. And people would line up. Uh, they would line up for the prayer meetings. Uh, the prayer meetings would go all night, and worship meetings, they'd go all night. And at 4 a.m., there'd be people in line to get into the one that was going to start in the morning. And it said that the whole of Wales, nowhere you could go that you didn't hear someone talking about Jesus and it was a revival of worship. The Fulton Street Prayer Revival that happened in New York City was a revival of prayer. It's also called the Prayer Revival. And that revival became known for instant answers to prayer. They would even pray lists. They could take a list and literally read it. And all the prayers on that list, they would get reports. Weeks later, this was in 1857, would be answered. That's the revival where ships would come into the harbor of New York City. And they would all come under the power of God and begin to cry out for Jesus. And they, didn't, and they would have to send a boat to land to get a minister because no one on the ship was a believer. And to tell them how to be saved, and they would all get saved. 
there's a story of a U.S. battleship. I don't remember the name of it, but that battleship, uh, that happened to that battleship, and they got saved. And then wherever that battleship went, other ships would, other battleships would get saved. The whole ship, powerful. It said that that a glory cloud was over one third of the United States. There were prayer meetings in cities all over the United States to the point that Finney, this was at the end of his ministry, he said, people don't seem to want to hear preaching anymore. They just want to pray. Finney was a good preacher. <laughs> he was known for his, I mean, he was skilled. But he, and he didn't say that in, like, as a negative. He was just like, they just want to pray. And so that was a prayer revival. And here's what I believe. I believe God's going to do them both. This is really what I believe. I, I believe in my heart there's a revival of prayer and a revival of worship. But I, wanna, I want you to catch some intercession here, and then we're going to worship some more. Romans 8 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And so the first thing that we see here is, is weakness, that, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps our weakness. And I want to I submit something to you. We tend to think of weaknesses as the result of a problem or, problem or some kind of negative defect in us. And obviously it could be a weakness, could be that's something like that. I, I don't believe that's really what it's talking about here. Um, I want to submit that a, that a weakness could be looked at as a result of something that is actually external to you. And the way I would the way I would like to frame that is you could be a really good climber, but there's a mountain in front of you that is so so incredible that it's actually impossible for you to climb it. So you're a good climber, but you're too weak to actually climb that mountain because it's impossible and so the problem there it's not actually a problem with you as much as it is the mountain cannot be climbed and I want to submit to you that um, excuse me backing up here I want to submit to you that God is a mountain to scale and we don't, in our own ability, we don't, in our own, we don't have an innate ability to be able to scale his heights. Yet he's calling us higher. He's calling us higher. And so the way I want to, I think of weakness here, although it could mean other things, the way I look at this is because it's talking about the weakness and we don't know how to pray. And so God is bigger than our ability. His purpose and what he's doing in the earth is bigger than we can fully understand on our own. It's, it is that realm of more than we could think or imagine. That's what God's calling us to. And so when we come into his glory realm, we become aware that we become aware in a sense of our weakness in that um, we, we don't have the ability to get to his heights, but the Holy Spirit can help us. Amen. And so um, we're weak in this context with the ability to actually understand God's power. We don't actually understand how big God is. There's nothing in this earth that points to his scale. I mean, he is infinite. He is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. This is our God. And so we can't, with our minds, comprehend him. And um, when we encounter him, we realize it's all him. So a true encounter with God doesn't puff you up. It actually brings you to a place of humility. Real humility, where you begin to understand, God, <laughs> you are everything. You are amazing. You are worth all of my life. Amen? And so... It says here that we don't know how to pray. So, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. And part of this, we don't know how to pray, like I said before, is we don't fully see how glorious He is. We don't see what He's given to us. 
and we don't see where he's taking us. We see in part, but we don't see in full. And Paul actually prayed in Ephesians 1 that God would give, the Father of glory would give us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, that we would know what is the hope to which he has called us, that we would know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and we would know what, and I want you to hear this, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. So to pray like the Holy Spirit wants us to pray, we've got to begin to step into that realm. God doesn't want us just to pray small prayers. He wants us to align with him and begin to pray his heart and what he wants to do in the earth. Amen. And so when I begin to see that, I realize that I am weak, but the Holy Spirit comes and helps us with our weaknesses. Because it keeps going, and in verse 26, it says the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So God, this is what's powerful. I want you to catch this. There are groanings that the Spirit has that are actually too deep for words. And God will actually, in intercession, share his longing with you. If you will allow yourself to enter this place of prayer where the Holy Spirit begins to, one, open up your eyes to see how marvelous God is and this magnificent thing that he is doing, and you begin to realize, wow, this is amazing, I, but I can't, I can't do it. I can't make this happen. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us, and he begins to share his longing for that to happen in intercession. And, he, and we begin to partner with him, which is amazing, in prayer, to see those things released in the earth. I want to be an inter I am an intercessor. My first ministry has always actually been intercession. I spent years, guys, groaning on the floor. I mean groaning. If you came in the room, you'd be like, oh my gosh, what's happening to him? Groaning is the Holy Spirit was pouring his longing in prayer through me. What he longed to see happen in the earth. And it's so powerful, that partnership. I believe that is one of the most intimate partnerships you could ever have, that God himself would share his very longing with his people. And he's looking for people who will respond to that. And I believe it's for everyone. I don't know if everyone will respond, but it's for everyone the longing of his heart. It goes on, and he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Not according to our desire, but according to the will of God, the Spirit intercedes for the saints, for his people, according to the will of God. And so God wants to pour a spirit of worship and a spirit of intercession through his people. And I want to encourage you to just respond to it. And don't wait in, until you feel it. I want to just say this. It's, it's available. It's here. You don't have to wait till you feel something. If you'll just begin to step into it, you'll, you'll feel something. You might even smell something. You might even get a fragrance. So why don't we stand? Thank you, Jesus. Y'all want to worship? Let the sweet aroma of worship fill this room. Let it rise before the Father like a fragrant, sweet perfume. Let our song of praise be pleasing and our sacrifice consumed as the sweet aroma of worship fills this room.
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.